0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and the pinky to his brain, Jake, <laughs> gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Wednesday, January 12, 2022, and this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C against the spread pick for each of today's games, is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. Picks that get A are the ones I love. Picks that get a B are the ones I like. Picks that get a C are leans. However, please remember that good and events will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for the gambler. If you haven't already, please subscribe. And for those of you on YouTube, go ahead and drop a comment about the play you like the most, or one that you disagree with. Uh, Jake, yesterday went really well for my A and B picks. 5 and 0 and A picks, 5 and 1 of E picks. Uh, we didn't talk about it yesterday. I, I'm here at the beach with a new yeah. background. I feel like this is just the drop the mic and I'm going to the beach time, yeah. right? Yeah, it be. <laughs> hey, may, maybe you need to stay there. Like, if you're gonna go, what ten and one of those of those picks, just stay there. Exactly. We figured. I just I have to stay here at the beach forever. And and there you go. Problem solved. We just it's a win win for everyone. for the team. You know exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't get to see any of the basketball yesterday, which is unusual uh, for me. I haven't seen anything since Saturday. And Saturday it it was almost like going cold turkey because, you know, I've got I've got two TVs in the living room. I've got the laptop up. I've got the iPad up. Saturday I probably had, in probably like ten hours, I probably watched like forty hours of basketball just given all the screens I had up, right? And then, (laughs) so then it's cold turkey. I haven't seen anything. So apparently there was some good basketball yesterday. I'll I'll let you recap that because I didn't see a single play. (laughs) It was just incredible
1: games all, all day throughout the day. Starting with uh, like the Texas Tech Baylor game was just a blast to watch. At first, it looked like Baylor's going to run away. Then Texas Tech comes back, and it's just. And then it, like, the big one of the night, I thought, was Auburn, Alabama. And that was just so much fun. Like everybody thought it would be. The teams play so fast, and there's just a lot of shots going up, and just a, absolute fun. And a big comeback by Bama twice to get it close. And then. Uh, Auburn pulled away at the end. Iowa State, Kansas. I didn't watch that because I was watching Auburn, Alabama. But that was an incredible game going back and looking at it. And then Miami, Florida State was a fun one to check in on. If if you're I mean they're not top-tier talent, but very good games. So ended up at a one-point game. So it's
0: it was good. It was a great night if you love basketball. Yeah, Miami, Florida State, two teams that I think are ones to keep an eye on that might sneak into the tournament as you know, a seven seed or something, and and has a chance to kind of make some noise. Like they they, they have some upside, right? And, and those two teams could fall apart, but both those teams could be, you know, depending, you know, finish strong. With six seed, five seed, right? Just you never really know with both of those teams. So it's kind of an yeah. interesting matchup there on two teams uh, I think have a lot of potential. Miami's
1: playing their way up. They're undefeated in the ACC play, and that includes a win at Duke. So that's, I mean,
0: that's an that's a good tournament resume so far. Yeah, we talked about that Tech Baylor game. Uh, Tech did exactly what we thought offensively. Uh, you know, I had the over on that one. And uh, Baylor really struggled to score. And we knew Tech's defense was good, but but credit to Tech's defense for really slowing down uh, all yeah. of Baylor's scoring options um, and holding them to uh, 15-ish points below their season average. Um, so credit um, to that Tech defense there.
1: Late in the day, we got some news for Tech that they got their second-leading scorer back. He was It was going to be a game-down decision, and then game time came, and he, he was there. So that that helped out a, pretty, a lot for their offense. But that was that was an impressive
0: defense perform, defensive performance. Very much, very much so. And it looks like we have another great slate tonight, a lot of interesting games. So you're right, too, with the kind of marquee game of the night, I think, uh, 5.30 p.m., Villanova at Xavier. The model thinks this is Villanova minus three, so I've got a B pick, uh, Villanova minus one. I have to tell you, I don't really know – uh for I, i've seen a lot of these teams and i just i think this should be a great game um this is one where if it wasn't for the beach i would really be enjoying watching this but as it is i think it's just going to be a fantastic game for other people to watch i'll just have to kind of check back in but, but i think i think you can learn a lot about both these teams tonight they're going with a tough uh, uh road game here two teams that I, I i like a lot but the model thinks nova's going to be a little bit better uh but what's your take on it
1: yeah, I'm, I agree with the model here. Villanova is just a little bit better. Like these teams played to get, played already this year, and uh, Xavier had an eight point lead a half, and then just went oh for the world in the second half shooting, and Villanova came back and ended up winning. Uh, but uh, I can't remember how much they won by. It. But um, the key to this game is if Xavier can get their big guys to dominate the paint. Or does Villanova get enough pressure with their guards to keep the big guys running or not able to get the ball? But that's the key matchup kind of the watch. Uh, but I'm with Villanova because since that Cre- Creighton, I don't know what they did against that Creighton team, but uh, that loss, they they have just stormed their competition, just blowing through it. And they've got the experience, a great coach, and can absolutely shoot the lights out. So I, I believe it's, Villanova wins a very, very good game, but I think it'll be under five. So.
0: It, it feels a little early in the season for these rematch games to have already happening. I, you know, maybe it's that maybe it's just the <laughs> it calendar doing playing tricks with me or wonky scheduling. But yeah, this is a couple—not the first time we've had. You know, this is the second time these teams are playing. Like, it just—it doesn't feel like we're to that part of the season yet. But maybe, maybe we are. And it's just I'm just my mind's messed up a little bit with everything. Well,
1: the Big you know? East is top loaded, so you're gonna give us a few of those here early. Uh, yeah, that, I right. think the way their schedule works out.
0: Yep, another really good one at 6 p.m. LSU at Florida. Uh, I've got a B pick on LSU plus one. I think the wrong team is favored. I have LSU minus two. Uh, what I will say is that it's been interesting. The models had a really hard time catching up with just how good LSU has been this year. And so uh, it's hard. To, you're kind of playing this game of. Is the is the spread catching up quicker? Is the model catching up quicker? And it's been kind of that dance with LSU all season because they've kind of taken everybody by surprise. We, we all thought they had potential coming into the season, but they've just been fantastic from the get go. Um, I think the number still hasn't quite caught up to them yet here. I think the model's doing a better job of adjusting. I think LSU goes on the road and gets it done uh, at Florida. What's your take?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I think. I mean, it's a one, it's a one point spread, so I, I believe LSU wins this game. <laughs> not only just covered but I think it has more to do with Florida just they play like I don't know all through sports year, they play to the level of their competition and they tend to do that and that ends up losing tight like relatively evenly talented games because they've lost to Oklahoma Maryland Alabama and Auburn and I mean like they've I think they beat Ohio State was the only like top end talented team they've played and won. so I just I don't think they'll uh, they'll screw it up in the end Somehow, some way, because um, I don't think their guards are good enough to get their best player the ball consistently. Cat, I mean, Caston's a seven-foot guy who's athletic, and can shoot a little bit. And it's just, but he's a little weak when it comes to rebounding because he's thin. But it's just, I don't think they can get him the ball in the times they need to. And that's where LSU will run, run with him because both teams play very sloppy. There's a lot of turnovers, so it should be an up-and-down game. And that, that defeats the purpose of having a good big guy.
0: Right right yeah it sounds it sounds like you're talking about florida i'm just reminded of uh in college football this season nebraska right how they just were always in games always playing well and just somehow found a way to lose no matter who they were playing against yes uh, yeah. it sounds like you're florida's kind of that same way just somehow finds a way to keep it close when they should keep it close when they shouldn't and on yeah. the wrong side of it against a better team uh yeah. so yeah, i think i think lsu can get it done here at 6 p.m we to have another uh good match a lot of tight spreads here tonight as i was going through there's a lot of two three point type spreads um tighter games here, but Duke at Wake Forest, uh, the model thinks it should be only Duke minus three, so I've got a B pick on Wake Forest plus three. I think, you know, Wake at home is a factor, can hopefully keep it close. Obviously, you're worried about fouls one way or the other, how that could potentially play out. I think that Wake is sneaky good, though, when when you look at them. I think they're um, not getting as much respect as they deserve because of their name and their history, but when you dive into it, I think Wake is actually pretty solid. Um, not as good as Duke, of course, but still just a solid team. Uh, but I think you're on the Blue Devils here, Jake, so I'm curious to hear uh, your side of the story here.
1: I mean, obviously, since the COVID break, Duke has not been the same team. They just they haven't played well. They haven't had their legs. Um, I think the Miami game was kind of a wake-up call. Like, you, you're not just going to be able to walk in and just win just because you've got Duke on your chest and you've had these high – ranked freshman um so i think this is a get right game for them and i think their legs will get going and it's it's going to be really tough for uh the <laughs> demon deacon's best player to uh to go against uh trevor kills and pablo banchero and wendell moore and a.j griffin and, because he he's a 6-5 guard and he's just But he's going to hit every one of those matchups because Duke's going to switch one through four and maybe even Mark Williams grab him. And and there's just not a lot of help behind him. And I I think A.J. Griffin really is the key to this Duke team, not only this game, but the whole season, because he is a big guy with a long wingspan and comes in on that second unit and can score, defend, rebound, do whatever is needed. And then they uh, right now Coach K is using him in their closing lineup. And like, so at the end of the game, he's in there because he shoots better than Mark Williams. They move Blanchero to the five and it's just, and up, they can play up and down. They can play whatever style they want there. I think it'll be a close game. I'm not saying Duke blows them out, but I think Duke gets it like up closer to that 10 number just because at the end of the game, because Duke is actually a surprisingly good free throw shooting
0: team to be a bad three point shooting team. Yeah. It, you know, you talk about Duke and their COVID issues, and I I watch a lot of Baylor basketball as, uh, as, you know, where I finished up school, but it really reminds me of what Baylor went through last year with their second COVID pause, where it just took them a while to get going, and it, the, the effects hung into that second game, into that third game, and you look at Duke and you wonder if it's the same thing, and, and everything's been different. Some teams have just had – We've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum. It seems like some teams have had you know, one game issue, two games, and and I think back to that Baylor team who was so talented, just like this Duke team, so talented, you know, and you just never know. And then when Baylor got it right. Uh, when the tournament started, I mean, they were just unstoppable. And you just wonder, you know, Duke's going to have that. The question is just when. So just something for the listener out there to think through. If if you're into the live betting, might be something to see how they look. Um, Are they rusty, you know, early on? Do they look like they have their legs? And I'm trying to pick up some of those issues like that, because when Duke gets it figured back out, then they're going to be a team that's going to be, not that they will cover every game going out, right? But there'll be a team you probably don't want to fade, um, but you just never know when that's going to happen um and so that's to me the big question mark about this game is when is is this that get right game is at the next when yeah. when did they finally get that going again um the model likes weight thinks that five is too many um you, you think that they can cover five so it should be an interesting uh, uh yeah. matchup there and then another acc game at 8 p.m nc state at louisville i got an a pick for you on this one louisville minus six the model thinks this should be minus nine and it kind of reminds me of that UNLV game last night that we talked about. The UNLV just destroyed them. It's that same six-point spread, and I think the model on that one said UNLV minus nine as well. So it kind of reminds me of that same sort of thing where it's just home team that is massively better, only laying six. Uh, it's just not enough points here. Uh, it should be it should be um, a, a relatively easy cover, I think, for Louisville. Jake, what's your take on this one? I'm the same way. I don't think
1: there is a way in any timeline out there that Chris Mack lets another guard just destroy his team like Florida, <laughs> St- like Caleb Mills in Florida State did. That he went off for 27, and I'm sure that's all they've talked about in the film room and practice and everything because they've got another guard who's relatively similar and I think even more talented than Darren Seabrown for uh, NC State. But there's just nothing left after him mm-hmm. um, on that on that team and and. Also, kind of adding into that there's nothing left, he is ball dominant. Like in their last game, he went nine for 20. So if he's going to do that, like that kind of game with this Louisville team, it's going to get out of hand quick. Because I don't think NC State's got enough to help, like to stop the Noah Lock, uh, Malik Willis combination. And
0: I think that's where they just play through and just run, run through this NC State team. Yep, I agree, it makes a lot of sense. And we've got a few more buzzer beaters for you here. I've got five more apex for you. Uh, I've got one more ACC APIC for you Clemson, uh, minus three on the road at Notre Dame. And then getting into some of the smaller schools, three more six o'clock APICs Fordham plus two versus Duquesne, UCF plus two versus Memphis. And Tulsa, minus three versus Temple. And we talked about there's just a lot of these tight spreads here. So I think uh, Fordham, UCF, Tulsa, and Clemson uh, basically all win. And that should be enough to uh, get us to the window for those four. And then I've got a 7 p.m. Bradley, minus eight versus Evansville. I think Bradley is just in a different class uh, versus Evansville and just runs them out of the building. So those are my five extra A picks for you here getting into the buzzer. Jake, what are your buzzer beaters?
1: I've got Chattanooga minus 12 and a half, Michigan State minus 11 and a half, which are both 6 p.m. games. Um, Colorado State, I believe it's a bounce back game after having the worst offensive performance of their life um, uh, with minus five. And then I've got UConn at minus 11 and a half. And just like you we were saying with Bradley and we were saying with Louisville, I think UConn's a different class than St. Mm,
0: yeah, that Chattanooga team has been good to us oh, yeah. for the most part this year. So, yeah, I've right. made a lot of money off them. I agree. I think just keep riding that one, and and I, and I agree with you color states. It's a it's a it's a get right game for them. Uh, hopefully they finally got their legs under them. So I like those as well. Uh, and that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder: check out that Google sheet for all picks and totals for today's games. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button for a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season. No matter where I'm at, beach or not, right? But we will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.